Trash Cinema. Trash Cinema. Hey everybody, it's Trash Cinema. Uh, this episode's gonna be a little bit different. If you normally listen to the show, we usually do like shitty action films, really sleazy stuff, horror films, a lot of horror films, honestly. But mostly horror, yeah. God, Kersey, have we ever done comedies ever? Is this the first? I mean, time? not purposeful. Well, yeah. yeah. I feel like I did one with somebody else who was comedies, but I can't remember what it was. I think it was like Australian comedies because they're always weird. But, uh, oh. yeah, this is the first time uh, we really dived into comedies, and it's, uh, it's a weird one because for a brief moment in time, oh. studios thought it was a good idea to have Tom Arnold play a lead, and he agreed to it even though he was much, much better as a support. Yeah, and if I could just take a moment and apologize to every single person who has watched these based on either our recommendation or just wanted to watch them before uh, listening to this. I sincerely apologize. I had no idea how bad this was going. <laughs> I didn't think it was that bad. Um, I watched all four of his movies. Uh, Big Bully just—it was so straightforward that I didn't think it was bad enough, and it didn't have anything like noteworthy. Uh, Carpool was so fucking terrible that I hated myself the entire time. So I saved you on those two. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Thanks a lot. <laughs> so we—the uh, two we did watch, uh, uh, the Stupids and Mikhail's Navy. And, huh, boy, in a, in a one-year period of time, he had four movies, and they all tanked horribly. And fast forward uh, six months later, he's doing a TV show again, which also failed horribly. It was like his fourth TV show that lasted a season or less. That dude just yes, he, it's not a lead. He just He's always a support. He shouldn't exist, but that's just my What? That's <laughs> hey, he's trying to expose Donald Trump, so I'm completely okay with him existing. All right, all right, fine. Fair <laughs> enough. Okay, so I just have to say that uh, I tried to watch both of these before uh, the holidays, or at least my holidays, because last week I did an early Thanksgiving. Uh-huh. And I sincerely tried to get that done before then, so we didn't come out so late with this one. But uh, it it caused me great stress <laughs> with my family, and it kind of ruined the vibe that was going on. So that's why I couldn't watch them. Wow. Wow, you really it, did it not took- like either one of these, huh? Uh, if I had to say, if I had to defend one of them, it would be the stupids. Okay. Because it's, it's terribleness is part of the premise. It's stupid, and it's called the stupid, so what are you going to do? Yeah, this is, uh, this is kind of the end of John Landis. Um, he was a phenomenon in the 80s with Trading Places, Coming to America, Three Amigos, stuff like that. American Werewolf in London. And then the 90s came around, and he just hit a fucking wall. Every time he turned around, he's like, oh, he's got another hit. Oh, no, he doesn't. He did Oscar with Sylvester Stallone, which I actually enjoy, but it was a huge flop. Uh, Innocent Blood, which was another like semi-sequel of sorts to American World from London. It was about a vampire in love, and it bombed. Uh, Beverly Hills Cop 3 is fucking terrible. Uh, and then this. Basically, he just got basically he just got the uh, John Carpenter treatments. You bet, yeah, yeah. So the '90s were not rough to John Carpenter as well. Uh, the Stupids was actually not by New Line Cinema in the beginning. It was from a company called Savoy, and they were in production for about a year and a half until they went bankrupt and sold whatever was left in their catalog to New Line Cinema. 
New Line Cinema got these movies for like pennies on the dollar. I think this and is like still a, paid too much. Yeah, a twenty-five million dollar budget, I think, and they paid like seven at most. And they dumped it Labor Day weekend, and I just knew watching the trailer, I was like, either this is going to be fucking brilliant and no one's going to watch it, or it's going to be terrible and no one's going to watch it. But no one's going to watch this movie because it looks so different. Mm-hmm. That was the initial draw because I had seen uh, some footage of this movie, and I was like, wow, this is so different than really anything I've seen in a lot in uh-huh. a while, uh, that I have to see what this is like. And with a name like that and with a premise of this movie, just in case you haven't watched them, the premise of The Stupid is that the main character, who is Tom Arnold, of course, the patriarch of the Stupid family, uh, has uh, the wife had left out the trash overnight, and someone has stolen their garbage. So he goes on a journey on a quest to find his missing trash. <laughs> and I was like, that seems like it's going to be awesome. And uh, it was not. You know, and I don't even blame the cast. I, I It's all about the director. He holds jokes as if he assumes you're going to laugh. There's that long pause, and that none of the jokes work. I, I don't think I laughed once. Um, and it just sits there, like a five-second pause for you to laugh and then catch up, and just it's dead air. It seems like it was directed by someone who is more accustomed to like television. Which is so weird, because John Landis, wrote, he directed so many funny movies in the first half of his career. Just something didn't work. Um, I mean, it's not... It, there are some really good bits, like some good setups and payoffs, like the him pretending to be a bush <laughs> is kind of annoying at first, but it pays off really good uh, when it comes up. Yeah. I love the Satan part with Christopher Lee, like whole imagined world of taking the trash. Yeah. So there, there are some good bits, which is why this one I can kind of defend. Is it interesting they use stop-motion animation animals instead of trying to use animatronics or uh, just real animals? Yeah, but it kind of fits with the vibe because every you know, like the the color scheme is very um, like Edward Scissorhands uh, or like Wes Anderson, very bright pastels, and having those kind of animated or you know, like um, characters like that actually kind of work in its favor. Like, it didn't feel out of place for a movie like this, yeah. especially when it's this ridiculous. It's it's based on a comic strip, apparently, and I, I've never heard of it. I've never seen it. It must have been short-lived because no hider. I, I guess I probably find archives online, but I've never heard of this. Yikes. Okay, so it's not just a modern thing that uh, the film industry it try, just, try to, just basically runs dry of every uh, existing property. Yeah. And this is right after the phenomenon of Dumb and Dumber. When Dumb and Dumber came out, all of a sudden every studio had to have some sort of movie with idiots in it. Okay, that makes a lot more sense now. Yeah, and it's from the same studio, so I can see why they bought this. I mean, I was just thinking, like, every single one of those is probably terrible except Kingpin. And uh, I think I think it takes, it takes real genius to make stupid work. And here, I just don't think Tom, Tom Arnold is affable in it. He's very likable and cheery. But I don't particularly think he's funny. Yeah, me neither. I, it's uh, trying to think of another character that would be kind of like like uh, Stanley Spakowski from uh, UHF. Yes, it's kind of like that. Yeah, very dumb, very simple, but also very kind and very open. And like his character works for UHF because there's so many other characters to play off of who are taking the premise seriously, so the comedy works. But when everybody is stupid and doing ridiculous things, it doesn't work as well. Uh, I, the one thing I always remember from this movie 
is the part where he's on the talk show singing I Am My Own Grandpa. And I, I do have that song stuck in my head. <laughs> that was that was actually pretty good. <laughs> I think it was a pre-existing song, but I just remember they were trying to sell that in the trailer, and I was like, that's interesting to throw so much of that into a two-minute trailer. And then when we watched it, like when it was over, the only thing any of us remembered was I'm my own grandpa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's just one of those interesting failures, but uh, it's it just to me it wasn't funny. Yeah, I can defend its existence, but I can't recommend watching it. Yeah, it's uh, well, if you're curious, it's free on Vudu. So um, the other one, I actually, of the four Tom Arnold movies, I like Mikhail's Navy, and mm-hmm. uh, most of the TV to movie adaptations people hate because it loses the spirit or it ignores um, the history that came before. This is more of a sequel of sorts because. It's just the next generation of the McHales, because Ernest Borgnine was the original McHale, and you know, Tom Arnold plays his son in this one, so I, I thought that was interesting. Yeah, there, there was also a lot of star power, including one of my absolute favorites, uh, Bruce Campbell. Wait, who should have uh, been McHale. Was, Bruce should have been McHale. Yes. Oh my god, I was thinking, like, the whole time it bothered me, I was like, this movie would work if they just switched roles. Yeah, I mean, he does, he plays a really good heel. He's like this really, you know, big chin, I'm the ladies' man tough guy. Fast talking, you know, I I enjoyed that, though. He was good. Yeah, I mean, Bruce Campbell rocks pretty much anything he does. Yeah. Uh, David Allen Greer is working his ass off with almost no material to work with. He was the uh, black lieutenant, right? Correct. Yes. Um, <laughs> it's, it's frustrating because I was cheering for him the whole time because I'm like, He's, he's really trying, and the, the script is so bad, and I can't blame him, but he really annoys me. Yeah, the uh, the one thing I didn't, I could not stand, it drove me nuts, is the overacting. I mean, I felt like the movie was directed at little children, because there's a character with the buzz hair, Brian Haley plays, where he's mm-hmm. obsessively trying to eat the ice cream during deck inspection, or whatever, whatever you call it, room inspection. Is he a fucking moron? He couldn't wait to eat the ice cream or just let it go. He's going to get busted. And he eats it like it's so, so uh, like uh, Disney Channel overacting. And that's what drove me nuts. What also makes it very Disney is, and this is the reason why I can't watch this again or I can't stand it, is the sound effects. Yeah. are horrible because they are basically cartoon sound effects, uh-huh. which would be fine. Like for Meet the Stupids, that would be that would fit in like just fine. But this movie also tries to be serious and tries to make Tom Arnold likable, and he just isn't. Yeah, well, and an action star, which I thought was strange. Oh, oh, that's horrible. Poor Tim Curry having to play the second best terrorist in the world. And every time they say that, he does this huge eye roll. And I was like, all right, calm down there. Yeah, uh, he he was there for a paycheck, obviously. Uh, his accent was, was was horrible. And that's another thing I was confused about. So he's German, clearly, but the people he was around were doing like Russian accents. It yeah, make any sense? And he does Russian accents a lot. It's like one of his go-tos. Yeah. Uh, if you ever seen Congo, that's some serious overacting. Oh uh, yeah, of course. Also with Bruce Campbell. So yeah. Um, trying to think what else. Uh, of course, Deborah Messing's in this before she was famous with Will and Grace, and Dean Stockwell from Quantum Leap is uh, Colonel Binghamton, who I thought he was he was he was interesting because he plays against type in that. But I just kept feeling like every time they had a joke that could have worked, 
it just fell on its face. It's like if you'd just taken a different turn. I think it has another one of those where it fails because of the director. Yeah, this this movie kind of caused like blackouts in my memory. Yeah. Like I'm like I'm watching it and then my brain ceases to function and then all of a sudden I like snap to reality and I'm watching the movie and I see Tom Arnold yelling yelling at some kid and I was like yeah that's fitting. That's kind <laughs> of what I feel like right now. Yeah, it's uh, it's so strange they spent I think forty million dollars on this movie when I don't even know where that money went because I kept looking going okay there's one decent action sequence with a boat but you're shooting this like in an island where it's probably dirt cheap to film. How did this cost $40 million? Why would you greenlight $40 million for this concept and this star? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's absurd. I, I mean, I, I do have to admit, the action sequence is pretty is pretty serviceable, uh, and, and there is a pretty decent choke in there when he's uh, trying to shoot back at Tim Curry, and he like, pulls out the big gun, and then it just breaks and falls apart in his hands. It's actually <laughs> pretty well done. The uh, this there was a trend around this time where they were doing a lot of military comedies and every single one of them flopped. There was uh, Renaissance Man with Dane DeVito, In the Army Now with Polly Shore, uh, Sergeant Bilko remake with Steve Martin, which I actually stand by. I really enjoyed that one. And Down Periscope with Kelsey Grammer. And then Mikhail's Knee was like the last of these, and it just put the nails in the coffin on the whole thing. Yeah, probably for the best. Yeah, it's hard to do military comedies because if you're trying to do action sequences, it changes the tone. You've got to balance that just right. And, you know, if you're going to be doing, especially if you're going to be doing a storyline about trying to help the civilians who are, who are like, caught in the middle of this uh, clandestine operation who are suffering, and then trying to make it very serious and traumatic, it kind of undercuts everything. Yeah. So I, I can't really recommend any of these. I just I've seen Mikhail's Navy a few times. Uh, just I mean, it's kind of like comfort food in a weird way. It's it's like Major League Three. I don't know why they during the late '90s they started making these low budget comedies that were aimed at almost like rural America. There's a lot of country kind of music playing in it, and it's very simple and straightforward. I don't know what that was about. They don't do that anymore, thank God. I don't know anything else to say. Uh, it's Tom Arnold, I guess. It's, uh, it's difficult. It's difficult. I think this is why we don't generally do comedies. Yeah. There's only so many ways you can say that something's not funny. You know? Yeah, it's, 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 he worked well in True Lies because he was bouncing off Arnold Schwarzenegger and a really good script and a huge budget. And then he was in nine months after that. I don't know who his agent was that convinced him, hey, you can start being a star and just burn himself within a couple of years and just seems like such a dumbass idea. I don't know, what, what, are, what are some like things that Tom Arnold has done that you've liked? The only thing I can think of is Roseanne, but even in, in the episodes he's in, those are not very good. Um, I don't even like Roseanne. I mean, I like the concept. You don't like Roseanne? I don't, because she, she annoys the shit out of me. She always has annoyed the shit out of me. I mean, I watch... Yeah, yeah, it's hard to get past, it's hard to get past that. The voice, it sounds like this. Oh, God, it's just so irritating. But I was just thinking about this the other day. In the 80s, they were considered almost poverty they're you know low budget blue collar and they had this big ass house and i keep thinking about oh 30 years later i'd be fucking grateful for that house i can't even barely afford an apartment you know and, and, and i'm sure the wages are probably around i just don't get it I, I that what we viewed in the 80s as poor would seem so grand today yeah but uh so, he's yeah. in what he's in the the nightmare freddy's dead um he did a couple tv movies is he what what who is he in that one he's only in a small part do you remember and in, in, when uh the van shows up in freddy's dead with the new kids in town and the parents come up and they're freaking out like have you seen any children it's it's roseanne and uh it's uh tom arnold 
Holy shit, I don't even remember that. Yeah. He's so forgettable. Yeah, they're only in it for like a minute. But um, they did a lot of TV stuff. And they attempted to make him a TV star a couple times, and all, the, both shows failed. I think the Jackie Thomas show and Tom or something like that, or the Tom Arnold show. And then he did True Lies and became Hot Property. But, you know, Mikhail's Navy Love was his last studio film. Then he did a TV movie, National Lampoon's Golf Punks, which is basically Bad News Bears, but, with you know, golf. And uh, TV again, and I, I think his career fell apart after that because he started doing some TV show called The Best Damn Sports Show Ever. And oh, that was fairly popular, and he was like the main guy in that. And I guess Joel Silver, you know, action producer extraordinaire Joel Silver, uh, found him amusing. He started casting him in like the Steven Seagal, DMX, Jet Li movies. You remember there's a bunch of those all at once? Yeah, and then that's about it. I, I know he was on The Apprentice with Tom Ar- or uh, Donald Trump, and that's all I know about him now is that he's trying to find those tapes where apparently Trump is saying the N-word, and he's just having a very, very hard time finding those. I'm sure they are erased. Um, I'm sure they are erased. Good luck to you. Good luck to you, Arnie. <laughs> I mean, I've, I, even uh, Penn Black has said that, so I'm sure it exists. Yeah, my buddy Ken uh, had him on his show um, about a year ago called The TV Guidance Counselor, and it was the most schizophrenic, a thousand miles per hour interview I've ever heard in my life. Because apparently Tom suffers from severe attention span and also like just insane energy. And trying to get him to focus is just seemed impossible. Huh. I would have figured the opposite. I would have figured he would have just been like on Ambien the whole time or something. No, he was just like uh, trying to control. Uh, I got ADD, so I, I kind of think of it as trying to control my ideas as the ball in a pinball game, and I'm just trying to hit it with the paddles, make sure it doesn't lose, my, you know, or get lost somewhere in there. Or, but then like a bunch of pinballs would come out all at once. You're trying to, you know, get those. I feel like that's going on in his head at all times. Like and instead of four balls, it's like hmm. twenty, and it's just watching him talk sometimes is so just frenetic. You think Tarantino at some point? I mean, Tarantino's only got like one movie left that he's doing apparently. If Tarantino's career were to continue. Do you think he'd ever give Tom Arnold uh, the sort of uh, treatment that he thinks he deserves? Mm, I don't see that happening. It doesn't seem like that kind of actor for Tarantino. You ever notice most of the guys that Tarantino picks are kind of like these slow burn, cool guys, and Tom Arnold seems the exact opposite of that. Yeah, or just people with untapped potential. He even, um, God, what was his name, Sid Haig? Yeah. Um, yeah, he even gave him some uh, a small role in right. Happy Brown. I said all that, but knowing Chris Tucker is in uh, Jackie Brown for about five minutes, and that guy's a ball of energy. Yeah, and he was great. Yeah. Uh, Beaumont Livingston. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I don't know. It, it could happen. I, I can't believe he's going to stop after ten movies, but he's on a roll. He really only has had like maybe one dud at most with Death Proof, and I can see Ooh. maybe... Here's where we're going to disagree. Though. No, no, I mean it, it bombed. I, it did... It, 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 well, okay, I see what you yeah. The one that the audience didn't care for and critics were kind of meh. I didn't, I, I'm okay with it, but I remember thinking it came after Planet Terror, and I think that was a problem because Planet Terror was so balls to the wall crazy. Yeah, and then it kind of just slows down significantly. Yeah. Speaking of, next episode Grindhouse. Yeah, there we go. You want to do right. Grindhouse um, and maybe the Grindhouse productions after that? Machete. Are you, are you, talking, are you talking legit like uh, the. Uh, Tarantino and Rodriguez Grindhouse? Yeah, so that and uh, Machete and Hobo with a Shotgun. Yeah, I could do that right now because I've seen those like 20 times. Oh, <laughs> I have not. <laughs> oh, okay. Sorry. 
No, you'll all right. You're gonna have a, you're gonna have a fun time. All right, so that'll be which one are we choosing first? Machete and uh, Hope of the Shotgun, or um, Grindhouse itself? Uh, probably like Grindhouse, just to kind of introduce people. Okay. And we can talk That's... about the the trailers that were involved. Okay, yeah, that sounds good. Actually, became the movies. All right, so that is it for us here at uh, Trash Cinema. Check us out on Facebook under our banner, Video Night. This is the spinoff, and uh, everybody have a good night. All right, say trash, you kids. <laughs>